the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, this is Pastor Dale O'Shills of Church of the Redeemer in Gaithersburg, Maryland. I want to invite you to tune in to our weekly radio program titled Practical Living right here on WAVA every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. And I also would encourage you to join us for one of our weekend worship services. All the information about services and locations can be found at our website at church-redeemer.org. That's church-redeemer.org. Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. Last week, we started talking about this idea of grit or perseverance. I talked about the importance of learning to depend on the true source of strength for your life. You and I need a strong relationship with God, a growing relationship with God. I talked about the importance of having spiritual vision, seeing life the way God sees it, seeing yourself as God sees you, looking at people around you the way God would have you to see other people. We talked about the importance of embracing or engaging the obstacles that come our way. We talked about the value of learning to be a problem solver. And today I'm going to talk about some more characteristics or or processes, we might say, that will help us to develop this thing called grit or this thing called perseverance. Four things today that we want to look at for the next few moments together. The first thing I'd like to share with you today, if you're going to be a person who is persevering in life, you have to focus on effort over perfection. Focus on effort over perfection. I'll see if I can explain this to you and bring the tie in to uh, the concept of perseverance. Many times in life, we often set for ourselves unrealistic goals, or sometimes even parents will set unrealistic goals for their children. If you've ever tried to obtain or attain an an unrealistic goal, you realize that it very easily wears you out. It drains you emotionally because you keep trying, you're trying to accomplish something that you really don't have the ability to accomplish, at least at a particular stage in your life. If you were to ask me to do a high jump this morning, I promise you I make it handle six inches, but six feet would be overreaching for me. And it's true in life that when you set a goal, goals are valuable, goals are very important, but goals certainly need to stretch you, and goals need to stretch your children, but they need to be realistic, they need to be attainable, because goals that are attainable build perseverance inside of you. You have to work toward them, but you can actually reach them, and when you reach them, there's encouragement that comes into your system. Now, God works with us on this basis as well. Because God is never expecting perfection out of you. Aren't you glad about that? He calls us to perfection. 
He calls us to pursue it, but he isn't measuring our perfection. God is measuring our heart. He's measuring our effort. He's measuring our commitment to him to pursue growth in relationship with him. And so God never asks you or measures or, or calls you to the measurement of perfection, but he does call you to the pursuit of perfection over time. But he never places unrealistic demands upon anyone. That's what religion does. Religion sets up a bunch of rules and regulations and says you're only going to be accepted by God if you do X, Y, and Z perfectly. And nowhere in Scripture, especially in the New Testament, seeing the salvation that comes to us through Christ, do we find that kind of relationship with God, that kind of experience with God. No, what God calls us to, as I mentioned a few moments ago in my ministry time, God, God calls us to experience His grace and out of His grace be empowered to do those things through His Spirit that He calls us to do. But God isn't measuring your perfection. He's looking for your heart. I promise you, if you study the Bible, you're going to see a lot of people who, didn't have, who were not perfect along the way. But nevertheless, God worked in them and moved them along their journey to the place that they were able to accomplish His will in their lives. And so we must understand that when it comes to ourselves, we must have realistic goals in life. You need some goals in life, but they need to be realistic. And you need to help your children set goals, but make sure they're goals that are attainable to them. Don't ask your children if they're getting uh, uh, an F or a D in, 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 in math to, to bring it up to an A the next semester. They're not going to do it, okay? Because that's unrealistic. That's like asking them to jump over a bar that they're not able to jump over. But you work them from the F or the D to the C to the B and maybe to the A. They may not have the capacity in that particular subject area to ever reach that A. But that's okay. The issue is, are you giving your best? Are you doing what you're able to do in this moment? Is your heart, is your effort into this thing? See, the Lord understands our propensity for imperfection. The Apostle Paul made reference to this. Look at what he said. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. Not that I have already obtained it, that is this goal of being Christ-like, or have already been made perfect. He says, I'm not there. I haven't been made perfect. But I actively press on, that is, I'm in the game, I'm staying in the game, I actively press on, I'm putting the effort in, so that I may take hold of that, that is, that perfection, that growing process, for which Christ Jesus took hold of me and made me his own. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider that I have made it on my own yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, here's the deal, I press on. Everyone say that with me. I press on. I'm still in the game, okay? I'm not giving up, okay? I'm not there yet, haven't arrived yet, can't jump over the six-foot bar yet, but I'm staying in the game. I'm pressing on to the goal to win the heavenly prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Peter makes reference to this as well in 2 Peter chapter 1, where he says, for this very reason, make every what? Effort. Notice effort to do what? To add. That means there's something missing. There are other elements that need to be provided to the journey. 
That is, you don't have everything yet, so things need to be added. For this very reason, add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, self-control, perseverance, perseverance, godliness, godliness, mutual affection, mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities, please notice this, in what? In increasing measure, that as you're growing in these things, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. What I want to say to us today and remind you of today is that if you are focusing on perfection in your life and you've got to be perfect before you feel like God is going to accept you or you've got to be perfect in every realm and you have a perfection hang up in your life, you probably are never going to really grow very much. You will live a very discouraged life. You'll not have very much perseverance in your life because you will find that you're never making any goal that you set. The same will be true for your children. And so always focus on celebrate effort. Everyone say that with me. Celebrate effort effort. Focus on effort, not on perfection, because the right amount of effort will lead you toward perfection. Amen? Here's our second lesson for today. How do you build perseverance or grit in your life? You help others overcome and succeed. One of the saddest ways to live life is to live only for your own success. It's a very sad way to live. And this thing called grit that we're talking about, this idea of perseverance, these things are are developed not only through the things that we personally go through in life, the problems that you will face, the hardships that you will encounter, but they're also uh, developed through your ability and your willingness to help other people. When you help and you encourage and you lift up somebody else, you're actually building grit or resilience in yourself. I'm sure that many of you have seen military films where as there's the heat of battle going on and, and, the, and the bullets are flying and one of the soldiers gets shot and goes down. And oftentimes you'll see in those movies, another soldier who has not yet been hit will go over and grab the one who's been knocked down and, and, that per, and will pick them up and carry them off the battlefield so that they're not left on that battlefield. And so as they pick them up, obviously, they're moving beyond thinking just about themselves to thinking about their brother, thinking about that one who's been hurt in that situation. And they go to his aid to assist him and get him out of the danger zone. And yes, they are exerting energy in that process, but they're also strengthening their own muscles when they do so. Because when they walk out of the battlefield, having carried someone else out, they've actually exercised muscles that will continue to help them to be strong. You never lose when you help somebody else. Amen? You never lose when you help somebody else. You never lose when you lift somebody else up. You never lose when you encourage someone else. When you encourage someone else and you help someone else in the journey, I promise you, you will always be stronger for it. It's one of the most powerful things you will ever do in your life to build your own perseverance. I prepared this message several months ago, actually, but as I've been reviewing over and thinking about it, I came back to some verses that I'd actually pulled out for this message months in the past, but something fresh spoke to me. And I want you to see some of these verses that speak of this idea of helping other people. I'm going to show you something that I'd never really seen in the same way before, and I hope that it will strike you in the same way that it struck me. This is Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, and here 
the writer, the Apostle Paul, inspired by the Spirit, gives us an instruction, and he says, I want you to carry each other's burdens. Okay. Let me stop there just for a moment. That word burdens means, in the Greek language, somebody else's pain, somebody else's sorrow, somebody else's troubles. There are a variety of words that can be used there. I don't have time to go on, but you get the idea. And to carry means to obviously lift up, to bear. Going back to the imagery I used a moment ago, like the soldier in the battlefield picking up that soldier who's been wounded. Carry each other's burdens. Now, here's the part that I'd never seen before. Notice what it says next. Why don't you read the rest with me? And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. I'd never seen that before. And I thought, my goodness, here we just got one of the great secrets of Scripture that here, if we want to fulfill the law of Christ, that is, the the rule, the way he operates, the way he, the, the example he set for us, then we will do the same. Let's think about it just for a moment. What did Jesus do while he was here on earth? He went around doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, there was never a moment that Jesus lived for himself. He was always lifting somebody else up. He was always healing somebody else. He was always restoring and revitalizing someone. He was always speaking healing and restoration and forgiveness to people. Jesus was always on the move helping other people. And then Paul says, make sure that you do the same. Carry each other's burdens. And in this way, what way? When you're carrying somebody else's burden, what are you doing? What are you doing? Help me out, church. You are what? You're fulfilling the law of Christ. That's pretty powerful, is it not? Take a look at these verses. Philippians 2, 4, not looking to your own interest. But each of you to the interest of others, not looking to your own interests, but each to the interest of others. Here we have it in Romans chapter 15, verse 1. We who are strong, if you want to be strong, have strength in your spiritual journey, ought to bear with. Same word for carry. Actually, the actual same word in the Greek language. Carry the burdens, the pain. The problems, the difficulties, we who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. I will tell you that when you and I make the decision to help other people, I promise you, you'll build resilience into your own life. You always get bigger. You always get better. You always get stronger when you help somebody else on their journey. How wonderful would it be if all the families of our church made a commitment to be people who help other people. Not just to live for our own interests, but to say, how can I help my neighbor? What can I do for that person across my street? How can I serve them? What can I do in my neighborhood to alleviate some burdens there? How can I help that other family that I see struggling in their journey? How can I get outside of myself? Coming up in Thanksgiving and Christmas, we as a church family have an amazing opportunity to lift some burdens from people by providing them some groceries along the way and going to serve them. And I would encourage you not just to do that by yourself, but maybe do it with your whole family. Sign your whole family up to serve. Take those kids out with you and show them what it means to to serve other people. What a legacy it is when you begin to build a family heritage that says we don't just live for our own family. We live to lift the burdens of other 
people. Why? Because every time we help someone else, it builds strength in us. It makes us a better person, a better family, and it makes you a better child for your future. Here's our third lesson today. To develop resilience, you and I need to stay inspired by the stories of overcomers. I'm sure many of you here today love, love a good story, right? Don't you love stories? Oh, you watch movies, and many of them are stories, right? Or you read a good book, and you love the story. Some of you weep like a baby watching a movie, right? Okay. You get all into it. You're amazed at the storyline. It just touches you down in the core of your being. You know why? Because we as human beings, we love stories. We're inspired by stories. Stories help us to understand principles. They help us to understand human connection with other people. We need stories. And the Bible reminds us of the value of the stories in Psalm chapter 78. Look at what it says. Oh, my people, listen to my instructions. Open your ears to what I'm saying, for I will speak to you in a parable. I will teach you hidden lessons from our past. Stories we have heard and known. Stories our ancestors handed down to us. We will not hide these truths from our children, we will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about His power and His mighty works. What He's saying there is that we're going to continue. Our job as parents is to make sure our kids know all the stories about what God has done in this nation, what God has done in our families, what God has done in our lives, and we're going to make sure that we tell our kids the stories of God's goodness. All of you here today, those of you watching my line, those of you in the Frederick campus, every one of us have some story of God's goodness demonstrated in our life. Can I hear an amen right there? That God has done some good things for you, but here's the challenge. You need to remember those stories. And not only remember them, perhaps even write them down and sometimes sit down with your children and say, hey, son and daughter, let me talk to you for a moment. Let me tell you a story about what God did for us in our family, what God did for me in my life. Let me tell you a story from the Bible about what God did in this generation, what God did for these folks. Let me remind you of how God brought down the walls of Jericho. Let me remind you about how God parted the Red Sea. Let me remind you of all the good things God did in ancient past and what he's done for me and what he's done for my family and what he will do for you. Why? Because stories inspire perseverance. When you read a good story, they make you stronger. When you read a good biography about someone who's gone through the toughest stuff of life, the hardest things of life, what it does for you, what it does for your children when they hear it is it puts a level of inspiration inside of them that otherwise they would not have. We all need to hear the stories of overcomers if we're going to stay encouraged, if we're going to build our own personal grit. And this is especially important in our world today. Listen closely, because there's a subtle thing happening in our world today. Are you listening to me? The subtle message in our world today that our young people are hearing is that there's a short ramp to success in life. That's the story. They see these 22-year-old millionaires on Instagram, and they think, well, that'll happen to me too. They have the mindset subtly that, hey, life isn't really that hard. You can get to the pinnacle of life without a lot of hard work. And so they expect things. They start without even 
I would say unconsciously, start expecting life to come easy to them. And so they need to hear some stories along the way of some people who had to fight the good fight of faith for a period of time. And maybe it may look like they're an overnight success, but maybe they're a 50-year overnight success, okay? Maybe they've had to pave a long pathway to victory, and they need to hear these stories. Why? Because they're not going to make it overnight. Very few people are going to make it in life on the short ramp of success. Generally, the ramp to success is a really long ramp, and your children need to understand, I don't need to look for the elevator. I need to find the stairs because I got to do some walking. And if I walk those stairs, I'll build some muscles in the process to be everything that God wants me to be. And they need the stories of of overcomers that include the hardship that people had to overcome. They need those stories in their life. And guess who needs to tell those stories to them? You do. Fill your house with some good books like that and encourage them to read the biographies of great men and women. Remind them of the stories of Scripture. Remind them of your own personal stories because it brings inspiration to their life. Last lesson for today. Fourth thing, you want to build grit in your life, you have to speak the language of an overcomer. Grit happens inside of you. Perseverance happens on the inside. But part of what helps you get it on the inside is the language that you use. How you speak, because heart and speech are connected together. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And as the mouth speaks, it affects your heart, your inner being. And overcomers have a certain language about them. And when you talk to an overcomer, they talk differently. They use words that others who don't have perseverance rarely or never use. Let me give you some examples of the kind of phrases that you'll hear from an overcomer versus someone who is not very persevering in their life. This is not meant to be exhaustive. I'm just kind of getting you to think here about some of the language you'll hear of people who overcome versus those that don't. An overcomer will use the word can instead of can't. They start eradicating this word from their life. Why? Because they believe that all things are possible to those that believe. They believe I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. They approach life from a can-do perspective rather than it can't be done perspective. Overcomers also look at life situations as opportunities rather than problems. When challenges come their way, instead of defining every challenge as a problem, they define challenges as what? As opportunities for their situation to flourish, for God to do something in the midst of whatever they're facing. Overcomers use phrases like, I'm going to make it, instead of, I'm not going to make it. It's a language thing. It's how you speak about your life when life gets hard or challenges, challenging. Uh, the the, the non-overcomer will say, you know what, I, I don't know, I'm not going to make it. But the overcomer says, it's hard right now, but I'm going to make it. Why don't you say that with me today? I'm going to make it. Doesn't that feel good just to say it, to declare it? It's the voice of an overcomer, the language. And then the voice of an overcomer, the language of an overcomer is, I'm going to get past this versus I give up. See, it's so easy to say, I give up, but the overcomer says, no, I'm going to get past this. And the overcomer says, I- I'm learning a lot versus this is too hard. The, 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 the non-overcomer says, oh, this is, this is just too hard. The overcomer says, you know what? It's hard, but I'm learning a lot through it. I would encourage you to think about your own language 
What language is allowed in your household? What language do you speak? Do you speak the language of an overcomer? Why? Because a language of an overcomer or a perseverer builds grit inside a person's life. Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to make Him the Lord of your life, to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now, and it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words, Jesus, I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing. Hi, this is Pastor Dale O'Shills of Church of the Redeemer in Gaithersburg, Maryland. I want to invite you to tune in to our weekly radio program titled Practical Living right here on WAVA every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. And I also would encourage you to join us for one of our weekend worship services. All the information about services and locations can be found at our website at church-redeemer.org. That's church-redeemer.org. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.